Listening Dog Media. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Muddy Knees Media. Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay. Hello you, hope you're well. Well, joining us on the show this week, it's your favourite Wolves supporter amongst many other things, Lindsay Hooper. And your favourite supports every team under the sun supporter, it's Hayley McQueen. Hi ladies. Hi, correct. Hello. (laughs) International break, of course, has come and about to be gone. Few injuries. I thought that uh, my team, Liverpool's back line, was going to be completely decimated. We weren't going to have anything to face Leicester with. Uh, But it looks like we might be all right. Have you two uh, come out of the international break unscathed? Well, as a Scotland fan, hell yes, of course. I mean, okay, the last couple of results haven't been wonderful, but all that matters is the fact that we have booked our place in next summer's Euros. So that's that's all I care about, to be honest. Well, there will be a celebratory edge to this podcast, listener, so you can look forward to that. What about you, Hoops? How have you been? I'm not completely unscathed. I actually trapped my knuckle in the door the other day. It resulted in half a day out. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm fine. Did you have to have an intensive session with the physio? I, I happen to have one at home, which is great. Yes, you do. So the, the finger is the finger is on the mend. <laughs> well, our boiler's gone, so uh, I'm not completely unscathed either. There's plenty of warming up exercises going on in our house at the moment as we desperately try and stay toasty. I've got about got about four thermal layers on at the moment, ladies. So uh, expect me to break out into a sweat as we. Uh, go throughout the duration of this podcast. Thank goodness for remote recording. Yes, exactly. All right, well, on the show this week, we're going to be taking you to your happy place. Yes, just like the rest of the nation, we've become pretty obsessed with Jordan North on I'm a Celeb. Turf Moor, of course, being his happy place. So um, our footballing happy place is on the bill for the show today. And uh, it's positive side hustles after Marcus Rashford launches a book club. What next for our Marcus, eh? Uh, but we'll be kicking off, as hinted, with a celebration. <laughs> Well, this is The Offside Rule and you can listen to us on Union Jack and Jack Radio every Friday from 3pm.
topic one. Let's have a celebration. Oh yes, what an international week it's been. Scotland qualified for the Euros and will join England in Group D. So looking forward to that tie. Uh, Spain absolutely battered Germany 6-0 and Jude Bellingham became the third youngest player ever to don the shirt of the Three Lions. So a good week all round for many people. Uh, But back to Scotland. Uh, Hayley, you spoke about this earlier, I know, but you must still be buzzing. Just tell us about the scene at your house. I saw some pictures on Instagram, but we need to get a feel for how the Scotland win went down with you. Oh, well, do you know what? I did post a picture of Ayla in her Scotland kit on Instagram, but I didn't keep her up late to watch the game. I had done it before. She's actually worn that shirt a couple of times when Scotland had played. So on the day, I make sure that she wears her little Scotland shirt just for a little bit of luck. And it's worked in the past. So I popped her in it for the day and I was actually trying to film a little sort of um, good luck message, which they were playing out um, sort of in and out of the ad breaks on the programming. So they included me on that, which was lovely, um, along with like Lewis Capaldi and all kinds of le- yeah there was legends of 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 Scotland and I popped up in there so that was lovely of Sky obviously I was very jealous not to be involved at all on the night but great actually just to sit back as a fan at home if you couldn't be in the stadium or in the studio then with the little one tucked up in bed with a, a beer and a takeaway was exactly where I wanted to be um Anyway, we tried to film this video and I basically took a lot of little stills with me with her on my knee trying to sort of um yeah, capture the emotions, which is exactly what it was as a Scotland fan. The ups, the downs, the highs, the lows and the gut-wrenching feeling in the stomach. I just got to the point where I thought this is just not going to happen again. It's not going to happen again. And do you know what? I'm almost pleased it did go to penalties because it gave us that real, real sort of mega excitement. I can't even put it into words. It's so... it's. It's so hard to put it into words, but just euphoric. And then obviously watching all the post-match interviews afterwards and Ryan Christie in particular was just really, really special. I immediately jumped on social media afterwards and there was this these scenes of Scotland fans on a roof in Edinburgh. That was fantastic. Then Martin Compton from Line of Duty, Hayley. You must have seen him celebrating with some bubbles. did on social media yes I think I did I still think people can't get over the fact that he is actually Scottish especially if you see him on line of duty there were bagpipes being played on rooftops as well so just uh, you know a really good story Um, they did it in probably the most dramatic joyous way in the end it wouldn't have been like that of course if it hadn't finished the way it did but it's inspired us to have a little think about on the podcast uh, some of our favorite fan celebrations so not on the pitch but off the pitch are there any fan celebrations uh, throughout recent years which have really stuck in your heads uh lindsay well, I, th- I think, first of all, in terms of qualification, for, for a World Cup, it happened to Panama, if you remember, before the Russia World Cup in 2018. And th- it was the first ever time they qualified. And they declared a national holiday. Well, you can't get much bigger than that, can you? The president comes out <laughs> and says, that's it, everyone's off, the schools are closed, you just go and have a huge, huge party. Um, and you always get behind the minnows as well at, at these tournaments. So I, I followed Panama throughout that, really wanting them to do well. But you could tell every single fan of that tournament was over the moon. They were elated and enjoyed every moment. Um, in terms of noise, 
I was going to bring up Turkey because I don't think when it comes to fans, you can beat the Turkish sides for noise. In fact, they're in the, the world record books for it. You've got Besiktas. I think Sir Alex Ferguson once, Haley said, was the loudest team he'd ever faced. Um, Fenerbahce, um, who's got the highest attendance in Turkey. So they're often really raucous when they go and watch at that ground. And then the world record breakers, Galatasaray. Um, this record was broken in 2011. They reached 131.76 decibels, which is louder than standing behind a fighter jet as it's about to take off. No yes. way. I was about to ask you for a comparison and you delivered. That's extremely loud. Um, talking about, <laughs> talking about loudness, lack of loudness. Did you see that Andy Murray, the tennis player, got pelters Haley on social media because he was up celebrating Scotland's win and he did his little fist pump uh, saying really quietly, get in, get in. And everyone was sort of ripping it out of him for not showing enough emotion and not being loud enough. But he later admitted that he'd got his wife and kids uh, with him and he didn't want to wake them. So a very muted celebration there from one Scotland fan. Um, what other examples have you got, Haley? There are a few. I think we might all remember if you're obviously an England fan when Iceland beat England and they all did that kind of Viking chant. It was very eerie, wasn't it? And yes. yeah. Woo. And um, yeah, exactly. Who's doing that, Lindsay? Well, that, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly what it was like, but just times that by um, by the whole team. And then, of course, thousands in the stadium or the hundreds that were there that night, uh, which is great. I love this one as well, actually. Northern, Irish, Northern Ireland fans in the Euros were... Um, all travelling and they were on the metro and there was a little baby being carried through, presumably by somebody who wasn't attending the particular match that the Northern Ireland fans were going to. And they were all singing and being kind of loud and a few of them have beers in their hands and suddenly it all goes quiet and there's a hush hush and they all sing a lullaby and this is on the French metro. So that's it's, it's really lovely. If you can find the video, it's great because hundreds of them, it obviously kind of filters back nobody probably at the back of the the crowd realizes what they're doing or what they're singing but that that was just one of them what about some of the kind of weird ones where you think how on earth and what on earth is that even about atletico uh, Nero midfielder Edmilson Ferreira I mean I don't know the team and I don't know him but he took it to a whole new level because he used to pluck carrots from his shorts every time what? he scored a goal yes yes what? very strange I know so America Minero did he keep well, them? down his down his shorts down his, down his pants the whole game and down his undercrackers yeah, exactly yeah. and uh, America Minero they're nicknamed the rabbits hence, uh, hence were they little the carrots, carrots? Um, no, they weren't little carrots, actually. Sort of medium-sized carrots. Need to whip them out. I'm thinking of Lindsay going to a local branch of Waitrose now and ordering the finest organic baby carrots. Well, you have those little batons, don't you, yeah. that you can dip baby in carrots, yeah. hummus. I mean, yeah. those would be easier to hide, but I'm thinking True. of... No, they wouldn't quite have the same impact. It would be easier for them to fall out, though, wouldn't they? Yeah, not quite <laughs> the same impact. Fair enough. Um, here's another bizarre one um, from an Argentinian football fan, Gabriel Aranda. Uh, his club, Racing, uh, won the league title. So desperate to celebrate with his grandfather, who had passed away, presumably quite some time ago, that he bought his grandfather's skull to the victory parade. Yes. Uh, he very proudly told TNT Sports, I bought my grandfather Valentin 
It says, I took him out of the niche, but I don't think that that's quite right. Anyway, he basically, uh, he would take him out whenever Racing played. And uh, he says his grandfather's proud. I'm not sure how he's been able to ask him, but apparently the grandfather's skull is proud uh, that his grandson, Fan, has taken him out uh, as part of the celebrations. Slightly weird. Can you imagine going to a football parade and just seeing someone wandering around with a skull? Uh, Odd. Um, And talking of noise, um, Lindsay... There have been a few instances of this um, over time, but one of the more recent ones was at the 2018 World Cup. It wasn't at the World Cup, actually. It was Mexicans jumping in jubilation, which set off earthquake detectors. That was because they uh, had that uh, 1-0 victory over World Cup defending champions Germany, so a surprise result. And apparently the Institute of Geological and Atmospheric Investigations uh, said that highly sensitive earthquake sensors registered tremors at two sites in Mexico City seven seconds after the game's 35th minute, which is when uh, Mexico scored. It called the tremors an artificial quake. But can you imagine that? Celebrating so much, it registers as an earthquake. I know that you like your South American football podcasts and experts, Kate, because I I love listening as well. And immediately when I thought about crowd noise, it it took me to Boca Juniors. They're the most supported club in Argentina. And anyone who follows football over there or listens to the same people that I do will know that Superclasico, the River Plate derby, is the one to be at. It's one of those in world football that I'd love to go to one day. Um, It's one to put on the list, I think. And if you ever have been, or have been lucky enough, you will have witnessed what happens in the crowds. Uh, Boca Juniors, they let off fireworks if they win, they bounce in the stands. It is one of the atmospheres to cherish. So the Super Classico River Plate, I'd love to be at that. And um, a final mention, because this is a celebration that's now been adapted by Manchester City, but they copied. It's the Poznan celebration. And I think if you've got a celebration, yeah, if you have a celebration that's actually been named because uh, of the impact it had visually and and on your ears, um, this happened from Lech Poznan, who were a Polish team, and they did it way, way back. I think it was in the 60s. Uh, where they stand, you'll know the one that I mean, they stand with their backs to the pitch, linking shoulders, and then they all jump in unison. And they played Manchester City in the Europa League in 2010. And they produced that that Poznan celebration. And then after that, Manchester City have adopted it themselves. Mm, copycats. You mean pinched it. Yes, not, exactly. Not adopted it, it. Pinched it. <laughs> oh, well, that's a nice one. I'm feeling really positive now, thinking about celebration, celebratory matters, planning my celebration for when England lift the Euro trophy, Hayley. I'm not sure if that's quite right. But anyway, uh, next up... <laughs> Uh, everyone's got to have a side hustle, right? This is The Offside Rule with Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. All right, so let's move on to positive side hustles. Something we know all about, ladies, don't we? This podcast started out as a side hustle. How many years ago, Hoops? Ten years ago? Oh, I nearly think ten nearly years ago. ten, eight or nine yes. now, yeah. In so many years, so many friendships, so many moments. Uh, well, this week, Sir Marcus Rashford of Manchestershire, to give him his full <laughs> title, uh, launched a children's book club. As if he's not already doing enough. First, it's free school meals for starving children. Now it's book club. All hail Marcus Rashford. And anyone who's read the Athletics interview with former Arsenal player Matthew Flamini will have learnt that he and Mesut Ozil are setting up a new health platform. That's not the only hustle Flamini's got, by the way. So it turns out that there are footballers doing good in the world, sticking a couple of them up to those people that say, shut up and stick to the football, firmly in 
in the bin. There's no reason why they what, can't. Did, why did those people have to be Liverpudlian, Kate? Don't know. Just thought just they would pulling be. you up on that one. Uh, so uh, we've got, because, yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Um, shut up and stick to football. How about that for another accent? Not quite sure where that's from. Is that Barnsley, Burnley, sort of, I don't know. Barnsley, I think, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, all right, well, we've got a book club and a health platform. Uh, what else? Footballers' side hustles. Hayley. Okay, I mean, there are a lot of footballers who've invested in kind of side projects. A lot of them tend to be um, those that have invested in property. A lot of them have restaurants as well. I just thought I'd find a few quirky ones that I didn't really know about because we have chatted a little bit about this before when, you know, we've seen Rio Ferdinand and his um, restaurants and Gary Neville and the Neville brothers with their hotel and whatnot. But what about um, Gennaro Gattuso, AC Milan man? Oh, he admitted it was a dream come true when he opened up his side business in 2010 and this I is think no, I know that can yeah, I ask is it to do with fish a fish a, shop or something yes yeah it, he opened a fish shop where did that remember yes. like in my brain Not, somewhere wow well done yeah. So he said, quote, directly, I wanted to become a fisherman when I was a child. <laughs> yeah. But life's events have later driven me in different directions. Um, so he said someone might even smile at this store and know that it is my dream come true for sure. So there you go. So I think I remember this one, Hayley, because of my slight obsession with David Beckham. I think he visited it. Oh my- Gosh, that's like in, two football businesses yeah. rolled into one if Beckham's visiting it. He's the ultimate. Yeah, sounds like I stalk him now, doesn't it? But I don't. I just um, read a lot. Um, I'm going to keep with the book theme. Seeming as Marcus Rashford was one of the people that inspired this topic. Do you know about Theo Walcott and his four books that he released of in four months done some back in 2010? Books, hasn't he? Yeah, TJ and the Penalty, TJ and the Hat Trick. TJ and the winning goal, TJ and the cup run. But surely there is there is room here for a TJ and the Euros and or a TJ and the oh, World Cup. Oh, I hope so, wouldn't you? Uh, they could be on the way oh. at some point. Uh, Tyrone Mings, he's he's got a couple of side hustles, actually. One of them is KTM Designs. He set that up when he was at Bournemouth. Um, it's an interior design company. He founded it with a former schoolmate. Uh, he was named, actually, in the Forbes 30 Under 30 list was Tyrone Mings. Now Aston Villa, of course. But, um, yeah, very commendable. I've been onto the website and had a look, given it a little appraisal for us ladies. Um, very nice. Very, very slick operation. They do restaurants, hospitality. They do corporate. They do residential. So, yeah. And and actually, you know, Tyra Mings seems to be one of those pretty astute individuals who's, you know, definitely got his finger in lots of pies with a view to, uh, I guess, having a having a sustainable income source after he retires and then, you know, probably something a bit different to do as well. Uh, What else have we got? My final two, uh, I'll let you choose one of these first. Um, I've got one to rival Matthew Flamini because we all know Matthew Flamini. It has this other company, Bioscience, and it's going to be worth billions and billions in the future when it's eventually floated. Yeah, well, he was asked whether he's got whether he had a bank balance of 30 billion euros, which is uh, a bit excessive. He has he has denied that, but he's got it's, it, it's he basically produces a sustainable oil substitute that you can use in plastics and solvents and stuff like that. So pretty clever. 
I have someone to rival that in terms of they might end up making more money than they did in their football days. So I've got one that you could choose there or somebody that I I actually sat down with and spoke to about all of his entrepreneurial ways. Spoke to, spoke to. First hand experience, please. Okay, Uh, Ryan Bertrand at Southampton. Um, You may recall over the years gone by that he's he's dabbled in a few businesses. Um, There is the now defunct footy emojis that he set up with John Terry and Jose Font. It was an app. Um, I think it was for a particular Euros, actually, and then they just dissolved that. Um, He sold a company because he actually went into business um, for, for a company called Silicon Market. It was like a tech brokerage firm. And that got sold to a Malaysian company. But he started trading when he was playing in a youth team at Gillingham with um, with a fellow player, Louis Bell, and has always been interested because his mum worked in the city at Isle of Dogs, Canary Wharf. Always, always loved it. It's, it's basically um, fintech, isn't it? Financial tech markets and stuff like that. That's exactly it, Kate. I don't know much about it, to be honest. And he he sold that, but he's always had these side hustles. And I spoke to him about wanting to be entrepreneurial. This was a few years ago. And he said, look, I'm thinking that I might want one day to be a director of football, but I'm not sure that I want to say that yet, but it's something that I'm I'm thinking I want to do. He's since come out and that's absolutely the route that he wants to go down. He wants to be a future director of football and I think he's one to watch in in that regard. So Ryan Bertrand is way high on my list as, as someone who's always been dabbling. Mine is somebody that used to live next door to me and he moved to play for Middlesbrough and his very famous Wonderbra partner was, yes, Adriana, you know, the famous Wonderbra advert, Hello Boys? That was his... What, with Eva, Eva, whatever face? I can't remember what she was called, which is terrible. Um, She was called Eva something. I thought it was... Herzegovina or something? Adriana, I think it is. I don't know. Anyway, she was a very famous supermodel type and she was a Wonderbra model at the time. And yeah, she she came and supported the borough. She's all over the internet in, in a Middlesbrough shirt. But it's Christian Carambu I'm talking about. Um, I just obviously a bit more excited about his, his partner because I had a supermodel living next door as a young teenager. That was that was pretty special. Um, so he obviously was part of the France squad that won the World Cup in 1998. But he left and set up a company called Sponsor.Online. This was only in June 2019. It's still going and it's going strong. He's managed to get 150 professional football teams across Europe signed up working with brands. And it's basically a way for football teams to make it quicker to sign deals between major brands worldwide and get the deals done. And it helps uh, with the financial way of of building it all in on this kind of um platform. He gets involved with the marketing as well. Um, And he said himself, you know, there are plenty of new clubs and sponsors following us every week. There are more and more sponsorship contracts being signed and the total value of inventory offered is growing every day. And it looks like he's on a trajectory to almost be earning a little bit more from this than he ever did playing football. He said, you know, we have the potential to change the world here. I'd be more than happy to share my passion with other investors who want to join us. He's since had another investor or two. And yeah, it's 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 absolutely flying. I'm quite surprised about how many of them are involved in kind of techie stuff. Mm. See, my my one that's to rival Matthew Flamini is a techie company as well. Are you just telling us anyway now, Hoops? <laughs> 
I thought we had to choose yeah. one or the other. You basically basically gave us an option, and now you're going to tell us anyway. Before you do, can I just chip no, in? No, I, I won't. I tell you what, I won't do that. You can ask me if you want to know about <laughs> okay. it, but I won't just offer it up. Okay. Well, a couple here from producer Ben, who's chipping in as we speak. Um, he sent me a link to an article about Joe Cole buying a taxi firm, um, <laughs> which is all good, but it was in 2005, so we should probably caveat that that way. That I don't taxi know whether, might not be still going round. Whether yeah, so. Apparently he spent almost £700,000 on a building in Camden Town and is asking Camden Council for for permission to turn it into new offices for the family business Meter Cars. Um, I don't know what happened to that. I've just had a quick look to see uh, what became of it all, but I can't... uh, I've basically gone down a bit of a rabbit hole. So who knows whether that's still happening. And uh, former Aston Villa goalkeeper Nigel Spink set up a courier business in Sutton Coalfield. He set it up with his friend Paul Monroe after Spink was dismissed as a goalkeeping coach at Sunderland in November 2011. Again, digging back through the archives here, producer Ben. Uh, S&M Couriers. Get it? Yeah? Is it Spink and Monroe? Rather rather unfortunate name, though. Uh, offers deliveries nationwide, house and office removals and transports, parts for the motor industry. There we go. Uh, Lindsay, go on then. Chip in with this. We'll ask for it now. We'd we'd be really interested to know, wouldn't we, Hayley, what Lindsay's other footballer is. I'm, I'm fascinated to find this out. <laughs> Absolutely. Be good. Oh, the, the, the one to rival Flamini, maybe, in the future. Well, the, the other thing, we have given lots of examples. There aren't that many that we've given for social good. Some of them are sort of side hustles that are quite self-serving, aren't they? Well, this one could do both. It could make millions and it could also do some social good. Dexter Blackstock, He's got a UK company, MediConnect, and this is to do with blockchains. I've got no idea. This obviously yes. goes over my Blockchain head. Blockchain is, again, fintech, I think. It's, yes. Oh, it's, okay. So it's it's all of that sort of stuff, but in the pharmaceutical industry. But there aren't, there aren't many players that have already won the backing of a president. He has the president of Uganda right behind this project. Is that is that a good thing? I don't want to burst his bubble or anything but I mean I don't know uh, okay. the jury's out Kate the, the jury's out okay um, I think it's all linked into cryptocurrency isn't it blockchain I don't know we're, 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 we're basically good on good on football not much else um, did you know by the way and uh, so few England fans know this that Dominic Calvert-Lewin's into his fashion oh my <laughs> word <laughs> Paul Sam Matavis got absolutely hammered for that uh, didn't he just Became mildly obsessed with it, didn't he, for about half yeah, an hour? Yeah, I think there were about four or five mentions. Yes, yes. Uh, but of course that is true. Um, and he does have a couple of side hustle uh, related fashion activities. Um, one of them is uh, Dom Calvert-Lewin's Essentials is the brand. That's on H&M right now. The heating's on. It's getting darker earlier and earlier. So why not cheer yourself up this November with a subscription to The Athletic for just £1 a week? For only 100 of your English pence every seven days, you'll get unrivaled analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, plus a breaking news service and ad-free versions of all of The Athletic's podcasts. Sign up today at theathletic.com slash offside. Here's why. three happy place we promised you a happy place didn't you well if you've been living under a rock this week you wouldn't have heard about jordan north and his happy place on i'm a celeb the radio one presenter currently taking part in the sort of celebrity game show type 
uh, program and uh, he's told everyone that his happy place is Turf Moor, home of Burnley FC. I love that. I didn't like the vomit so much. I was watching a few clips this afternoon. Uh, he vomits like an like an ex of mine, which really loudly, you know, and like 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 I don't mind someone being sick, but it's the it's kind of when the earth shudders that it really upsets me, and I'm still feeling a bit queasy after watching um, uh, old uh, Jordan North vomit on I'm a Celeb uh, clips of that. I won't be watching again. Um, so I'd really like to know your footballing happy places, please, ladies. Haley, mine are kind of. I guess nostalgic. Um, one happy place. It's it's the one stadium that I love going to because I know I'm always going to have a wonderful time, and that is at the Bernabeu. When I go to Madrid to go and visit friends who worked actually for Real Madrid at the time, so we always have wonderful seats quite high up, uh, not quite in the gods. It's just always sunny. Love the culture. People are there with sandwiches wrapped up in foil. They're nibbling on kind of nuts. The shells all over the floor. Sangria is flowing. It's cheap beer. It's brilliant. We all go out for late night tapas in the city. I've never been and watched Real Madrid and seen them lose. It's just one of those really special stages where you're sitting there and even at the time, I was thinking this is really special. Soak it up. Soak it up. Soak it up. And I always did. At um, I love the Allianz Arena for a, a stadium abroad. Uh, yes, the Maracanã as well. It is a wonderful stadium. But just, just something about being in the Bernabeu when Real Madrid are playing late at night, just as it's getting dark and you've got a T-shirt on or a vest and it's just, it's magical. Because it's a very, very different football experience from being over here where most of the time you're in a puffer jacket, uh, Ugg boots, and you're trying to keep warm and you're, you've got beer and God knows what being spilt all over you on the concourses. This is just a very different way of watching football. I've got another couple as well um, going back to my childhood, but that was the first thing that kind of came to mind. What about you, Linz? Is there a special place for you in terms of stadium? I know mine's Anfield, of course it is. There's just, you know, obviously I'm a Liverpool fan, but there are some stadiums that, that kind of even neutral fans get get a kind of a bit of a tingly feeling. And I think, you know, because of Anfield's size, it just it just has that very intimate feeling so that when you walk into the stands, and you'll know this as well, Lindsay, from uh, from watching games there, it just it just hits it's, it's one of those one of those um stadiums that you walk into and it just hits you immediately and just gives you that that kind of feeling that you don't get anywhere else, really. I mean, a special feeling like no other at Anfield. What about you, Linz? I mean, Anfield's definitely a special stadium. I worked there for a year on the on the club TV channel and being there watching matches, especially European nights, it, it is something to behold. I guess, you know, inside my head is the happy place, all the memories that we've been privileged enough to have in football. But I mean, if I if I was to recall some of my happiest times, going back in time, I used to work. One of the very first things I did was volunteer at Radio Wolves. Uh, I've told you about this before. I used to go and help the match day commentators and give them the halftime results from other matches. And but it used to be based in Molyneux Stadium. This is when I was in my teens, and. I used to come out to watch most of the matches, but I'd have to go back in and do a little bit of work occasionally. But I got to pretty much, I would say, watch about 70 minutes of Wolves matches. And that was from the Billy Wright stand up in the top right-hand corner. And I always feel like I'm always looking up there when I'm at Molyneux now, because that's when I used to sit and watch and just dream about doing this job that I do now. And 
in terms of Europe, you know, in my lifetime, I'd never seen Wolves play in Europe. And then I was hosting, doing the match day hosting pitch side for Wolves uh, in the Europa League. So when they got to the group stages, that first match at Molyneux against Braga, they actually lost 1-0. But I can feel like the, the hairs just stand up, just thinking this is Europe again, back at Molyneux. And then fast forward on to the Besiktas game, it just only a month later and we we beat Besiktas 4-0 that was a Diogo Jota hat-trick in that match I won't forget but you know going back in time I think you always you always keep a really nice part for the places that you've been first so non-league wise Chase Town FC was where I did my first bit of announcing um so I'll always have from memories and that'll be a happy place going back there at any point. Charlton Athletic is the first place I ever reported live on matches. So I always like the Valley and Boreham Wood where I did my first ever women's football match. So I think those are the reasons, but yeah, I mean, collectively loads of them are happy for me. Yeah. Um, you've got some more for us, Hayley. I do as well. So what else have you got? I was just going to mention um, my granddad grew up in, um, a town in Scotland called Coburnie and they have a football club called Coburnie Gladeside and he played for them actually he was in goal I've mentioned this before haven't I he played for Accrington Stanley and Hibs for a little bit um, and my dad then went on to start out in goal and then obviously graduated to to defence but my granddad was a goalkeeper and I hadn't even really realised growing up that the the football pitch at the back of his house so there was kind of a bank at the back of his house, at the back of the garden. We would climb up to the top um, and just sort of watch, you know, a football match quite often. Obviously, that would happen on a Saturday. My parents would leave me at my grandparents over a weekend. I didn't know I was watching Coburnley Laidside. I was only very young, sort of under the age of 10. But I remember it being pretty special. We'd get snacks and treats and there was a, a tuck shop type thing at the end of the road. Um, you know, like when you're at school and you have a tuck shop, well, there was sort of a, a big building with sort of... Um, like toys and vegetable and fruits. And there was a little stall, all very, very kind of antiquated, but just wonderful. And um, you'd be lucky if you had the ice cream van and you'd go up and watch football. We used to then afterwards all sit down and we'd go into, my granddad had a bomb shelter in his garden. The kids in the neighbourhood used to go and sit in there and we'd, we'd, we'd be playing in his shed, that was, you know, smelling of creosote, just playing with all the dangerous tools and the nails and stuff. But um, yeah, I hadn't realised at the time, it was many, many years later, you know, I learned about my granddad and he played in the Scottish Junior Cup final which was actually played in front of nearly 90,000 fans so junior football in Scotland is massive I guess it's a little bit you know you have GAA over in Ireland which we don't know as much about but yeah it's it's absolutely massive yeah and it's funny you see, you see the team sheet and and he obviously went on to have my dad who played internationally uh, as a Scotland player and um, in the opposition he played against a team called Camelon and that was against Alan Hansen's dad. So it's funny how like, yeah, that sort of happened in history, how that kind of worked out. So my dad and Alan Hansen's dad played against each other in this very famous Junior Cup final. And yeah, there's, there's photographs as well of my granddad on an open top bus. This was in 1953, going through the streets of Coburnie, like thousands lining the streets with people just hanging flags and waving outside. So whenever I go back to the area, he's passed away since, but whenever I go back, I, I do sort of pass the 
area and past the ground and just think, oh, what would it be like to go back up onto the bank and have a look? I've, I've chosen not to because I like to have in my head how I remember it. You know, like you have a house that you grew up and you don't want to go back and see what someone's done. To, I just have that in my head. And that, that does make me feel uh, really happy. Obviously, I'm now working in football as well. So it's carried on down a generation. Oh, that's a, that's a great story. And I wonder if Ayla will inherit some of the uh, McQueen footballing nous. Who knows? Uh, we're talking about our happy places. Very simple one from me. Um, I love watching my five-year-old play football even though he's not brilliant even though he's still learning it's that age before it gets competitive and before parents get competitive as well so it's just a really nice age just to innocently watch five and six-year-olds bombing around a pitch not really knowing what they're doing but really enjoying what they're doing enjoying the physical exercise before it gets a bit tainted as the kids get a bit older and it's taken more seriously and they get competitive and everything else. It's a really lovely age. And also, you know, Lynn, you've been with me on every occasion. Uh, the Women's FA Cup final, I felt really sad. We've had it recently, but I felt felt really sad about the lack of fans because we've been pretty much every year, haven't we, to Wembley for the FA Cup final. And actually, I would hands down say it's great because it's a celebration of how big women's football has got. Do you remember when we watched City and West Ham last year and there were West Ham fans who'd been at the West Ham game and then raced to Wembley in order to get there in time for the game. And it just gives you a demonstration, really, of how big women's football has got. There's never any animosity. There's never any um, uh, friction between the sides. It's always a really, really happy event. And it's actually always been a much better experience, a much happier place for me um, at Wembley than watching any of the men's games that um, that we've watched there in terms of internationals, which is um, most of what I've watched at Wembley. It's always, it's always a nicer occasion for me and it just um it just it just makes you feel kind of proud and kind of great about where women's football is at I know exactly what you mean. There is a really good feeling when you go for the FA Cup final on women's FA Cup final day. So yes, I'm with you. All right, well, let's round up then with some any other business, normally reserved for the smaller stories that you might have missed from the week. But just because there's been so much activity uh, within the last 24 hours of recording this, we're going to talk about managerial departures, a new contract signed and then some rumours as well. Hayley, get us kicked off. What about uh, Rafa Benitez's name being linked yet again with heading back to England? And he is leading the way as one of the candidates to be Derby County manager. Yes. So I just wonder how... Do you think I mean, he would, Hayley? I think, I think geographically it would suit... Sorry, this isn't Hayley, it's Lindsay. No, no, um, no, that's fine. I think geographically it would suit him because he lives... Within that vicinity, yeah, I understand. Right. So yeah. it might be quite convenient for him. Mm. If you're wondering where he is now, he's actually out in China. Which isn't um, as convenient. No, so he <laughs> might want to head back from Liaoning um, and head back to um, the UK. He's, he's done London. He's done Liverpool. He's done the North East. So, yeah, why not Derby? Just tick them off the box and, and work your way around the country. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I just think it's a bit of a... I don't know whether whether he would. He, he, he doesn't need to, does he? I'm going to mention another manager, Pep Guardiola. What do we think of this, ladies? Because I don't know about you, I thought Pep Guardiola would see out the contract that he had and then leave Manchester City. It came as a huge surprise to me this week that he signed a new two-year contract and he's actually going to extend that stay. Yeah, um, I guess what he's telling us is that he's not quite finished there yet. 
that there's some unfinished business and that and that's only a good thing for Manchester City right he's had a he's had a roller coaster there but it says to me that he's still ambitious um and that he feels that he can get something more out of the club so that's so that's a positive for me might be champions league related haley huh I think so. I think he definitely still wants to make sure he does that. He probably feels like he's failed if he doesn't leave, having maybe won the Champions League with Manchester City. And you kind of look, you know, the, the opening at Barcelona sort of uh, been and gone again. Would he go back? Don't know. He said he wants to work with young players. Maybe he'll go back and work with the academy setup at some point when he's on a bit of a, uh, use that maybe as a, a bit of a break for a year or two before he finds somewhere else. There just aren't other jobs in football that I could see him doing in the sort of very near future so he probably just thinks well why the heck not why not so in terms of departures it's been a day we're actually recording this on Thursday it's been a day and a half today for departures uh, of top flight women's sides hasn't it Lindsay uh, Juan Amoros and Karen Hills have both departed from Tottenham Hotspur and um, Matt Beard has gone from West Ham so it's a day of clearing out we don't know who's linked where but just an interesting day you know that uh, that the WSL clubs have, have sort of made, made today a definitive day and, and at a definitive point in the season to want to try and reverse the fortune of these two sides yeah it makes sense really there's a little bit of a break at the moment I mean we do the WSL edition of the offside rule and we'll be focusing on championship next week and the week after there wasn't much going on so I guess this is a good time to make a change because if you bring someone new in they're going to have a good two weeks to try and get to grips with training with the players with the layout at the club um, and what may need an overhaul so um, I can understand the timing it was strange that they both happened on the same day Uh, and these are two teams I think that have have been performing similarly. West Ham, when you look at the backing they've had and you look at the players that have been brought in, they they just haven't been consistent at all. And then Spurs, who you thought might be able to push on a little bit, you see what Manchester United women are doing. I mean, they're, they're absolutely flying. I don't think you expect them to be quite on that level, but I think they expected to be higher up the table than they are at the moment. So it didn't come as a surprise, but the timing being on the same day did did feel a bit spooky. Yeah, well, there'll be more on those managerial departures and some updated news since um, in our WSL edition podcast. That's coming up uh, next week. It will be with you on Tuesday. We'll end as well just with the, the absolute out there crazy links and rumours. How about Mario Balotelli being linked to Barnsley? <laughs> It didn't happen, did it, though? It's been it hasn't happened. But it was one of those where you thought, oh, OK, maybe it's Balotelli. <laughs> anything can happen. Don't, don't, don't oh rule anything God. out. Um, on that note, uh, we should round up, really, shouldn't we, ladies? Uh, that's all for this week. You can check us out at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, by the way, we have uh, revisited. We are uh, going again with our top 100 female footballers. This is run by Rich Laverty, women's football journalist. who used to be um, a big part of the website here at the Offside Rule, and he occasionally does the WSL edition podcast as well. But Rich, every year, does the top 100 women players and this is this was formulated by him we're the only people who do it and we've teamed up with the guardian again um to bring you that and that all launches sort of beginning of next month basically there's a huge judging panel all the nominations all the points are being accumulated now so that we can announce that beginning of next month so watch out for that the definitive the one and only top 100 female footballers you can rate and review us please lovely listeners uh, there's only one option isn't there Hayley McQueen there is there are five star options 
you just go and click on the five star and write something really positive about the podcast. We, we've talked about this happy place, haven't we? We don't want anything negative. We don't want any bad feelings, <laughs> just nothing Good. at all. Good. And yeah, you can actually go back and listen to previous podcasts if you want. Last week's was a particularly good one, which didn't date, uh, although the topic we discussed was very dated. We had an Antiques Roadshow special. I've had a few people message <laughs> very saying old they topic, found that, that one. Uh, very off topic, but found it quite hilarious. So yes, thanks. And the WSL as well. You can go and actually... Um, find a back catalogue of um, really great interviews with some of our female footballers that the specials as well as the WSL specials too. The Premier League's back this weekend Lindsay where are you? I'm at Wolves against Southampton on Monday night and I'm actually going to a, a stadium I've never been to before. I'm going to Southend United oh. on Saturday for the BBC. It's yeah. not often you get to tick another one off, but um, I'll be very intrigued to go and be by the seaside. Very nice indeed. Hayley, any big lockdown plans for you as we head way into uh, December the 2nd as it we come out of lockdown? Oh, goodness me. I'm just doing a lot of Sky Sports news. We're currently in a studio in a basement with a very small group of people working on our programming. I I do not know how the program is going out basically right now, but hats off to everyone who's working in COVID times with a studio with just two people in it, which is myself, a floor manager. The cameraman is running between three cameras or camera person we've actually got more female operators in at the you moment need to buy them some roller skates don't you i know it's it's quite funny it, it is quite funny especially when we've got guests and they're running between cameras and we're having a new studio built it's under construction right now so the beginning of december i think we're going to be in new studios Ooh, so that's nice. something to look forward to particularly as sometimes i can't even log on to the computer at my desk until about halfway through the program so it'll be it'll be a welcome return technically <laughs> <laughs> and yeah to see all our lovely lovely friends and have a few more people heading into the studios again well the good news is we can enjoy our football for free again pay-per-view is gone yes. for now uh, so we can all start uh, saving £14.95 for our chosen match selections great news there and uh, listeners thank you very much for joining us today great to have you with us and we're back again next week bye you've been listening to The Offside Rule part of the Athletic Podcast Network Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of The Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. Yes, that music means one thing and one thing only. The Offside Rule WSL edition is back. Woohoo! And the WSL is bigger and better than ever before. Which means we need to do the same. And that's why we've got interviews with the biggest names. The brightest minds in the game. As well as all the in-depth match analysis you've come to know and love. Just search for the Offside Rule WSL edition, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find us ad-free on the Athletic app. That's the Offside Rule WSL edition, out every Tuesday. Muddy News Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.